from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on v the sports betting network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into My Guys in the Desert. Thanks for hanging out with me for the next hour. I'm Stormy Bonantoni coming to you live from Las Vegas out of Circus Sportsbook. Got a fun show on tap. Adam Kramer of Eason and Bleacher Report's going to join us in just a little bit. Talk a little college football action that we have tonight. It's not just the national championship next week. We have a bowl game tonight. Uh, Ariel Epstein of Yahoo Sportsbook's going to come on. We'll talk some NFL, talk some NBA prop betting opportunities. Johnny Avello, the director of sportsbook operations for DraftKings, will give us the book's perspective. And special guest Joy Taylor, co-host of The Herd, will come on at the end of the hour. So a lot of great stuff to get to. But as we do at the start of the show, right about this time, every day, our top five stories, things you need to know, that impact us is better starting with how about Monday night football last night Steelers complete their division sweep of the Browns with a 24-16 win Steelers bets come home no matter which way you did it that line bumped all over the place it opened Browns minus three uh, Steelers were minus three midway through the day yesterday and then closed around one but Pour one out for Browns teaser players that's for sure the real story of course though the send off for Big Ben he was a very visibly emotional after the game, that victory lap around Heinz Field, tears in his eyes confirmed, you know, everything that we believe for all intents and purposes, his last game in that stadium. So a really special moment. Roethlisberger and Mayfield's pass yards totals both go under, but Ben, this is hard to do. 123 yards, 109 adjusted on 24 completions. That's tough. <laughs> he said it himself, though, after the game. Hey, it was an ugly one, but we got the win, and that's all that matters. Najee Harris went over his rush yards prop for 188 yards and a touchdown, most of which came on that game-clinching play. Steelers remain alive in the playoff hunt as well. So, listen, they can still get in. They beat the Ravens on Sunday. The Colts lose to the Jags, and the Raiders-Chargers game has a winner. Doesn't end in a tie. Pittsburgh getting 5.5 in Baltimore this week. Meanwhile, for the Browns on the other end, quarterback Baker Mayfield will be having surgery on that injured shoulder immediately. Will not play the final game of the season. We all know he's been wearing that shoulder harness for the back half of the year. Um, last night, 16 of 38 for 185 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, was sacked nine times. T.J. Watt collecting four of them himself. Um, Baker's under contract one more year with guaranteed contract money. Mayfield and the organization likely going to have to enter this offseason in a weird situation. Stand still for that extension unless the 26-year-old just says, hey, you know, I'll, I'll play. I'll play again. Whatever. 
60% completion this year, 7.2 yards per attempt, 17 touchdowns and 13 picks. Case Keenum will get the start this weekend. Browns plus, plus three hosting the Bengals Sunday. Number three on our list is Lamar Jackson, giving Ravens fans a little glimmer of hope that he might play this week. Head coach John Harbaugh said Jackson has a chance against the Steelers this coming weekend. Jackson's missed the last three games with that ankle injury. The Ravens, too, can still clinch a playoff berth with a win this week. Plus, the Chargers lost to the Raiders and a Colts loss to the Jaguars. And one more, a Dolphins loss or tie to the Patriots. A lot of things need to happen. 2% chance, but you're telling me there's a chance. Ravens minus five and a half this week. Number four, anybody else notice the whole Antonio Brown is not a buck, but he still kind of is thing we're dealing with here. Tampa Bay obviously has not yet released Antonio Brown, despite his antics in the Jets game this past weekend. ESPN's Adam Schefter notes they're in discussions with the league right now on how to move forward with the situation. Brown could be suspended instead of waived to prevent another team from scooping him up for the playoffs. Not sure if anybody would take a shot on him, given his past history off the field, now an on-field outburst. But understandably as well, the Bucs would rather not find out because Antonio Brown is a weapon. A suspension, by the way, could also allow Tampa Bay to recoup some of that salary. And last thing, like I said, there is a bowl game today. LSU and Kansas State going head-to-head. -head. The Wildcats, seven-and-a-half-point favorites in the Tax Act. Texas Bowl, 6 p.m. Pacific time kickoff, 9 Eastern, total 47-and-a-half. Let's bring in our guy, Adam Kramer, also of Bleacher Report, No Punts Allowed podcast. Follow him at Kegs and Eggs on Twitter. But our guy at VEASAN, who covers all things college football, how are we doing? Adam, are you as excited as I am for the non-championship bowl game we have today? I am excited. I love football. Of course, you know this. I love college football. Uh, I also love kind of the oddly timed bowl games, which this very much is. Like, once you get past... New Year's, you get like the leftover bowls, and um, this is a weird one. This is a weird one. Like LSU is down to like 39 scholarship players and no scholarship quarterbacks. Of course, the line has moved about nine and a half points. So I, I really struggle in betting this game. I think the under is a place that I would look to, although I really think that Deuce Vaughn can go wild and, and run crazy. One of my favorite players in college football. If, if you've struggled or haven't liked the variables that have greeted us at around every corner this college football season, whether it's the coaching changes or the transfer portal, COVID protocols, mm -hmm. opt-outs, like this is a summary of a couple of weeks of football that has made some pretty different uh, and difficult betting conditions. Yeah, and this one specifically is a toughie. I'm glad you brought up the quarterback situation because it's just no scholarship quarterbacks available. So Max Johnson transfers to A&M. Brennan, their backup quarterback, recovering from surgery, and they're not going to burn any red shirts for their third stringer. So potentially it looks like a walk-on quarterback that might play. or who. Like It's just so interesting how they're going to figure all of this out. They're also without their lead rusher and lead receiver and their head coach was fired. So I'm very curious to see what LSU can do. Like, can they overcome? Is, is the, is, or is it just too much of an uphill battle? I don't know. Yeah, and, and not only that, but, like, think about the losses. I mean, they lose Eli Ricks, cornerback, who's heading to Alabama next year, which is an enormous pickup. They could be the best defensive back on Alabama next season. Derek Stingley is going to be a top-five pick, hopefully going to my Jets, gone. Mm -hmm. Like, this, this is a program that, under Ed Orgeon, recruited – remarkably well that is a shell of itself it's also what brian kelly is walking into i i love betting on football 
I have a really hard time because it wouldn't surprise me under an interim coach if LSU plays well. And oh, by the way, some of the bodies they still have are really good players that were highly recruited because that's what they did. And yet just the numbers alone make them a really difficult team to back. No doubt, no doubt. Well, hey, maybe a more bettable game, which I know all eyeballs are certainly going to be on come January 10th, the national championship game. Um, I know we all wish that maybe there could be a Cinderella story, a Michigan, a Cincinnati that overcame, but it is the two SEC powers, Georgia, Alabama, going head-to-head in a rematch of that SEC title game coming up next Monday. Um, I know you had a ticket on Georgia in the preseason. Do you still like them in this spot now? I really do. No, I do. Now, look, we have a rematch here, and and quite honestly, in that first game, uh, Georgia was dominating. Now, Georgia did jump out to a 10-0 lead, and then things just kind of (laughs) fell apart from there. Uh, Just looking at that first game, watching again, it what, 38 points scored in the second quarter. You had Bryce Young taking over. But what I think we saw from Georgia against Michigan was that front seven, and really the entirety of that defense, I really recovered nicely. Now, in that first game, Bryce Young was perfect. He won the Heisman, over 400 yards, record-setting, evaded pressure, ran when he had to, found his receivers. But there was a part of that game that I can't get past, that when John Mechie left with an injury, that offense just was not the same. It just wasn't. Now, it didn't have to be because they were up a lot of points, so they could just kind of sit on the football. But if you think that Brian Robinson is going to run for 200 yards against Georgia, and, and that was the big part of Alabama's success in Cincinnati, which did a great job of pressuring Bryce Young. I think you're mistaken. So it, it's a really good loss for Georgia in that they saw how bad it could be, and they've had a month to kind of digest this film and how they lost, and they're right back there. Like, they, 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 they got punched. They got punched. They fell down, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, here's what we have to do to fix this. If Bryce Young plays like that, I think Alabama's obviously going to win. But can he duplicate that effort without – one of his top weapons, I think, is a really, really tough, tough ask. And the other part of this, real quick, Cincinnati, Alabama's run, uh, pass, block, pass blocking, not so great. Run blocking, great. Mm-hmm. Can it hold up against this pass rush? I think it's a really big concern. And it is such a hard thing to beat a team twice. We say that all the time, but it really is true. And the 41 points that Georgia gave up in that SEC championship game were what the, that was the only time they've given up more than 17 all year long. So yes. that's, that's not the norm by any means. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. I think everybody is for that national championship game. One thing I wanted to ask you about, um, aside from actual games, just what did you make of the Caleb Williams situation entering the transfer portal? Um, and then you've got the UCF quarterback flipping his commitment from UCLA to Oklahoma. Like it's crazy. The free agency we have in college football these days. And, and there's no time window on it, and it's going to move fast, and it's going to be endless. So you have a, you have the ability to do a one-time transfer without penalty. Obviously, Dylan Gabriel, who's going to UCLA, his former offensive coordinator goes to Oklahoma. He sends an opportunity, and boom, it feels like it happens in eight hours. The reality is it's happening behind the scenes uh, probably a little bit longer than that. But here's what it boils down to. You've got Caleb Williams, who was fabulous in their bowl game. Um, they talk about wanting – be put in a position. He went to Oklahoma to play for Lincoln Riley, right? Mm-hmm. Clearly. So that, that changes things. But he's also in a position with the name, image, and likeness to sign on with a school and potentially make nine figures. Let's not sugarcoat it. Let's embrace what it is. This is an era of college football where if you're a young quarterback with talent and star power, which he is, you can get immediate wealth 
and also set yourself up in a position to succeed at another program. So while he didn't necessarily close the door on returning to Oklahoma, I think we kind of know where this stands when <laughs> Oklahoma went out and grabbed a quarterback, which is the right thing to do. You can't wait for him to make a decision. you got a pretty capable quarterback in Gabriel. So now, as we have a national title, of course, we've got a really, really good player just kind of waiting in the balance just to see where he ends up. And it's going to be a fascinating storyline to follow here in the days and weeks to come. No doubt. Great insight, as always, Adam. We appreciate the time. Have a good new year. Thank you, too. Take care. That's Adam Kramer um, of VEASAN, also of Bleacher Report. And remember, everybody, VEASAN has a great new offer right now to make this your best betting year ever. We talked about New Year, New Me, be a new best better. All our, get our new big game, big dance special, the VEASAN plus all access, everything we do now through April 5th, just $69. Sign up now, get your daily best bets email, 24-7 video access, all the goods at VEASAN.com slash big deal to sign up today. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. We have a new prop tracker available now on vcin.com for you to keep up with key NFL props. Head to vcin.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and so much more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game right now at vcin.com slash NFL. Back here on My Guys in the Desert, I'm Stormy Tony, and it is time to go streaking. Close on close on so my handy dandy producer stephanie has found a couple streaks in the nfl with against the spread numbers and we're going to see if we think they're going to keep going or if they're going to come to an end this week final week of the regular season starting with seahawks at the cardinals cards are 0-4 ats their last four home games i think not streaking right so they beat them by 10 in seattle with colt mccoy earlier this year seven point spread seattle just beat up on the lions after losing the bears and rams i know Cardinals were significantly better than the Cowboys, despite how close that final score was, by the way. I haven't bet this, but yeah, I'm leaning Arizona to cover this game. Not streaking. 
49ers at the Rams, the underdog in this meeting. 5-0 ATS, their last five games. <laughs> totally streaking. You guys know I'm a 49ers fan. Let's go. Plus four, I'm taking it. I don't care if it's Jimmy G. I don't care if it's Trey Lance. Um, this is for the last wild card spot in the NFC. The Niners have had the Rams number since Sean McVay has been the head coach. Beat him 31-10 earlier this year. Matt Stafford's had issues. I think it's a close game, but San Francisco wins it outright. We're going streaking. Patriots at the Dolphins. Dolphins are 6-0 against the number their last six games after scoring less than 15 points in their previous game. How obscure are we getting here, Steph? It's like my mom made a sandwich when she was three months pregnant with me, so I like the number three at Jersey Mike's. It's a little bit too much. I'm just, uh, uh, I'm in a pass or not streaking. I don't know. I like the pass. Yeah, I like the pass. There we go. Steelers Ravens, last one here. Steelers are 0-7 against the number of their last seven games following and against the spread win. Okay, um... Yeah, let's streak with that. I think the Ravens get redemption for that one-point loss week 13. Big Ben finishes her, his career at Heinz Field on a high note, but doesn't finish with a win in his last regular season game. That's where I'm going. Hopefully that last response gets me um, uh, uh, on the good side of our next guest here as we bring in Ariel Epstein, host uh, at, over at Yahoo Sportsbook, also featured a betting analyst for NBA TV. So does that did that work for me, Ariel? Can we be friends since I said something good about the Ravens? That does work. Thank you so much for giving them some credit. Aside from the fact that I am probably one of those many people down on them, not just because of uh, the game they have upcoming this week against Pittsburgh. I, I actually think that one could go in their favor. However, there's just too much that needs to happen for them to continue their season after week 18. Yeah, it's a lot of different people need to win or lose. It's like a 2% thing, but there's a chance. There's a chance. Um, before we look to the this coming week's game, though, with the Steelers, I would just like your reflection on what you saw last night. Um, obviously, the Steelers and Ravens have this bitter, long-standing rivalry, but still, it's got to be pretty cool to see Big Ben go out at Heinz Field the way that he did. It was cool. Stormy, I actually had tears in my eyes. Aww. Big Ben was a huge part of my childhood. I have never hated somebody as much as I hated that man. <laughs> Big Ben ruined so many of my weeks. It's just, it's sad to see him go. Of course, it's a relief to see him go. I'm glad, though, that he left Heinz Field the way he did last night. There are just certain players that deserve to have that walk-off-esque feel when it comes to their final game in front of their home crowd. Big Ben is one of them. Tears in your eyes, but they were tears of joy that he won't be in the division anymore, it's I'm sure. <laughs> okay, well, Baltimore is laying five and a half at home this week, though. How do you like their chances against the Steelers? I like their chances solely because it's hard to come off a game that the Steelers just did. It's emotional. You had Big Ben in front of the home crowd for the last time, and now he's going to the place that hates him the most. Browns fans may argue they hate him. The Ravens-Steelers rivalry has still been considered one of the best rivalries in sports when it came to Ray Lewis and Terrell Suggs up against Ben Roethlisberger. The Ravens fans are going to be in full force knowing that it's Big Ben's last game. Pittsburgh fans may even be in attendance if they could get a ticket. In addition to the Ravens still having a chance at making the playoffs. Baltimore at home under Tyler Huntley this year has covered every single spread. The Ravens are, I'm pretty sure, 6-2 and two against the spread at home this year. I'd have to double-check that. They've been covering, and they do well when people are down on them. And I really love Tyler Huntley if it's not Lamar Jackson. I'd be really surprised if the Ravens play Lamar solely because that ankle injury clearly is bad. A lot is on the line for the Ravens if he gets even more hurt in a game that's very, very tough 
for them to have to try to make the playoffs for Tyler Huntley can do it and he's covered every spread so far this season yeah he's already missed the last three games so is it worth it I don't know uh we talked about your team so can maybe you can give me your ideas on my team this week the 49ers and Rams going head to head again I think this is gonna be a really fun one in the NFC West things always get weird the 49ers have had the Rams number but this is what it comes down to if San Francisco wants to get into the postseason and secure that wild card spot. What are your thoughts on this game? This game's going to be the best game of the week. Ooh. It's the one game where both these teams have so much on the line. The Rams need to win to win the division. The 49ers need to win to get into the playoffs. That's why this is one of my favorite teaser legs. You get the 49ers from plus four, tease it in a six-point teaser to plus 10. And I'm going to tease that with another NFC West team, the Arizona Cardinals. They're up against the Seattle Seahawks. It's a divisional matchup, and the Cardinals are six-and-a-half-point favorites. The Cardinals have to win also to have a shot at the division. So get them down to a minus half a point, and you get the 49ers keeping it within 10 in a game that they really need to win to get into the playoffs. I love that NFC West teaser. I do like that as well. And even the 49ers plus four, I just I think that it's going to be another one of those close games. And the 49ers have been really good against the Rams. It should be a competitive and fun one. Love the teaser option. This is kind of a tough week for betters, though, in general, because you don't really have motivation. It's kind of like bowl season almost uh, for college football, what we have in the NFL this week in terms of motivation, teams that are in and out of the playoffs. Um, so one game that's a little interesting, I think, is Packers and Lions this week. Is this something that's worth getting ahead of and placing a bet once they actually have it on the board? Or is that something you just kind of wait to live bet? What's your strategy with some of these games this week? This is going to be my favorite live betting game because the Packers head coach, Matt LaFleur, announced that He's not going to be playing, or excuse me, he doesn't want to wait three weeks to play his starters. I can't see him risking his starters for a full four quarters. What I can see is he gets his team prepared, like a preseason game. You get your starters prepared for a game so that you're not missing out on that week of prep. All the ones practice together. You play them the first half and you sit them in the second half. Just get them into game mode. Keep them in body in their game day shape and make sure that this whole three-week layoff that they're going to have for having the one seed or two-week layoff that they'll have with the one seed doesn't affect them. That's why you've got to play this week so that you don't have three weeks off. You're going up against the Lions, who have actually been pretty profitable when booked as a home dog this year. That's why if you get the Packers, even up by a touchdown, you try to get a few extra points on the Lions. Two and a half still seems too short. You guys know that if this was a real game, the Packers would be favored by way more than two and a half against Detroit. The Lions just wait for them on the live line at halftime. Once those starters come out for Green Bay, you'll probably get an extra couple of points to go and take the Lions on the spread. Yeah, you see that line and you're just like, okay, that's something's wrong here. <laughs> um, you are our resident prop queen, Ariel. So what are some of your favorite props looking ahead to week 18? Oh my goodness. Okay, I had this list, so excuse me for reading. However, there are so many incentives left for a lot of these players in the NFL this week. Some of my favorites are actually defensive players. There are a few that need sacks. One of them is the linebacker for the Panthers, Hassan Reddick, who actually was on the COVID list this past week. He needs two more sacks in order to make a million dollars. I'm going to go look for his prop on a sack. I also like for this to be a Buffalo Bills wide receiver Stephon Diggs type game because he needs six receptions to make almost 700,000 extra dollars. He's at 94 and he has to hit 100 receptions. The Bills, his prop's probably going to be six and a half. However, I would still be willing to take the over or a five and a half, six and a half. The Bills are already favored by 
over two touchdowns over the Jets. Josh Allen could probably get it to whatever receiver he wants to against this terrible Jets defense. So take the over on Stephon Diggs' receptions. Another one that stood out to me was another one. Oh, it's the Kansas City Chiefs defensive tackle, Chris Jones. He needs one more sack to make a $1.3 million. So go and take Chris Jones to have a sack in the game for Kansas City up against the Denver Broncos. If he gets one more, he is at nine. He needs 10 on the season. He makes an extra one and a half mil. All right, cool. Yeah, I would go and try my best to go get a sack also. So while some things are harder to bet week 18, some of them are a little bit more fun to get in on with the incentives for sure. Of course, we can also catch you on NBA TV as a betting analyst there. Five games on the NBA card tonight. Anything you like as we got about a minute left with you? One of the best trends in the NBA right now is betting the over on Tyrese Halliburton's assist prop. It's at eight and a half still in a lot of parts. However, there are some books that are at nine and a half. Go and take the over. If you've got an eight and a half, go and take it for a full however much you usually bet. And then go bet half on the over nine and a half. He's gone over this number in nine out of ten games. Yeah, I see that. Average 8.8 assists per game in the month of December. Not too shabby. Any just general game plays you liked or staying away from him? Ooh, I, I would look to take that over if you could still get 229 and a half on the Lakers game tonight because these two teams have just no defenses and this total's already gone. Uh, it was down from like 233 and a half, but now it's back up on the rise again. So go grab it at a lower number. You are awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Ariel. That's Ariel Epstein of Yahoo Sportsbook, also seen on NBA TV. Plenty more My Guys in the Desert coming up after this. Fade or follow and Johnny Avello joins the program. Welcome back, everybody. This segment of My Guys in the Desert brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. No more spit cups. No batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, many more. Plus, for your convenience, each variety now comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that works for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, so it's never been easier to find your Zinn. Head on over to Zinn.com find to locate a store near you. That's Z-Y-N.com F-I-N-D. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I'm Stormy Tony with you live from... Circus Sportsbook in Las Vegas. My guys in the desert rolling along. Time for fade or follow. There are some big road favorites that the public is riding. So do we agree? Do we disagree? Let's take a look in the NBA tonight. Suns minus seven at the Pelicans. 99% of the handle, 95% of bets on the Suns. Uh, I'm going to ride with the public here. The Suns 28 and 8. They're just an elite team. And I know the Pelicans have put some wins together, but 13 and 24. They're not in the Suns League right now. Um, the Suns won their first matchup of the year by 12 points. They're 4 and 1 ATS their last five meetings, 5 and 2 ATS their last seven games against a team with a losing mark. Pelicans just 3 and 7 against the number, their last 10 against a winning team. I'm riding with the public. Big road favorite in Phoenix. In the NHL, the Jets are minus 200 on the money line at the Coyotes with 97% of the handle. And I, I know the Coyotes are terrible, okay? Bear with me. Um, but I, this is a big fade. 
Big pass here. Um, look at some of these trends for the Jets away from Canada Life Center. Jets 5-5-4 five, five, and four on the road. 2-6 and six, their last eight games as a road favorite. 1-5 and five, their last six against a team with a losing record. That's insane to me at home. 17-7 and seven, their last... 24 meetings for the home team rather in this meeting so I like I like the home team here fade the Jets take the plus money with the Yotes last one in college hoops Kansas minus six and a half at Oklahoma State we all know how good Kansas is 81% of the handle 91% of bets but I think this is a fade spot just because of the number take the points with Oklahoma State the home team is 7-1 against the number their last eight meetings in this series Jayhawks one in five ATS their last six games with a team against a win percentage for a team over 600. I say fade. I think the Jayhawks will win. Don't get me wrong, but I like the number for Oklahoma State. Joined now by Johnny Avello, director of sportsbook operations at DraftKings. We were talking college basketball, but I'd love to talk a little college football with you, Johnny, because we have one of those rogue post New Year's Day bowl games on tonight with Kansas State and LSU. Can you help walk me through what the splits are looking like today, Johnny? Uh, hey, Stormy. Happy New Year. Thank you. You uh, too. Not good, Stormy. Uh, we opened LSU two and a half. We are at Kansas State seven and a half and trending higher. Uh, you know, LSU only has less than 40 scholarship players on the team. A bunch of key players opted out to prepare for the draft. So uh, it's just been all Kansas State money. We'll see if, if LSU can perform like some of the others in the SS, SEC have done so far. Yeah, lately, right, the, 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 the top dogs have certainly turned a corner, uh, headed to the national championship. We know it's Alabama, Georgia now in the title tilt on January 10th. Um, so this line, I know it's a little bit, I think a lot of people were surprised initially, maybe that Georgia was favored again, considering what went down in that SEC championship game where Alabama threw up 41 points and Bryce Young was as good as he was. What did you guys end up opening at? Have we seen any movement? What's your lay of the land for the national championship? Yeah, we're seeing a lot of Bama money uh, on the on the money line. On the side, we're seeing a little bit of Georgia money. Here's what the the betters are thinking, and if I don't know if they're thinking right or they're not, but they saw the last game where Georgia's defense was, uh, you know, you couldn't you couldn't get, run the football against them, tough throwing the football against them, and here's Alabama going up and down the field. Uh, the betters are thinking this is a different Georgia team that's going to show up. Well, we'll see because uh, at last I looked, Nick Saban was still the best coach in football, and uh, Alabama did have the best quarterback in football. So um, it's been Georgia on the side, Alabama on the money line. His record against his former assistant coaches is pretty darn good, including 4-0 against Kirby Smart. Just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. Um, do you anticipate, though, that that line could move as we get closer to kickoff or you think that three is pretty good place where it'll settle? I don't think it's going higher than three. Uh, it could come back to two and a half, even less. Uh, so, I, I, you know, if you like George in the game, you're probably going to have to play the money line, try to find a cheaper price. But uh, I can see this thing coming back a tick or two by uh, kickoff. Well, we've got Aiden Hutchison now, the new favorite to be the number one picked in the NFL draft. This is the first time all year it hasn't been Oregon's Kayvon Thibodeau. What gave him the edge, you think, to adjust the odds here? Well, there's a couple things here, Stormy, with Hutchinson. Is that, uh, first of all, he's he's a senior and he's a little more experienced. He did play in the final game, the bowl game, whereas Thibodeau did not. Mm -hmm. 
And when you look at his graded marks, he's actually higher than some of the, the defensive ends in the past. The, the Chase Youngs, the Boza boys, uh, you know, Garrett, he's, his numbers are all higher than those guys. So uh, I think those reasons, plus him playing in that last game, did make a difference. Now, it's very slight. He's minus 110. Thibodeau is plus 110. Mm -hmm, no doubt. And I know, obviously, Michigan playing in all the big games that they have recently and him being a part of them showed up and showed out. Meanwhile, Oregon, those last regular season games and their conference championship, not the same story. So interesting there in the NFL. I need to talk to you about this awards market and just the way that the Bengals are all of a sudden taking over all these numbers because Joe Burrow all of a sudden's in the MVP conversation, comeback player of the year odds getting higher up. Jamar Chase, the favorite again for offensive rookie of the year. Zach Taylor from longest shot at 50 to one up to the favorite for coach of the year. Can they actually win these awards you think, or is this just kind of like a recency bias? Let's cover our tails here since Situation. No, I think somebody's big win. As far as coach, Zach Taylor deserves to be a slight favorite over LaFleur. It's just those two, no one else. Uh, you don't think Vrabel? No, I don't think so. Uh, hmm. I don't think so. Um, I think it's one of these two. You know, when you look at LaFleur's record the last three years, I mean, it's been phenomenal. And what Zach Taylor's done this year uh, with this team is, uh, you know, better than, better than with, uh, Bravels didn't with done with Tennessee, in my opinion. For the MVP, uh, you know, we, we you've got Burrow in the conversation, but he's not going to win that. Uh, what he might win is come comeback player of the year, where he's plus one ten over over Dak Prescott, who's minus one forty. Now Dak still has the heads up on him, but uh, we still have a week to go here, uh, and we'll see if Dak how much he plays in the game and if he can get back to the the form that Dak had earlier in the season. Offensive rookie, Jamar Chase, minus 250 over Mac Jones. That's not over yet either. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, Jamar Chase's numbers last week were off the charts, and he has had a couple 200-yard receiving games. But Mac Jones has been consistent all year. Uh, this it, That race also comes down to the final week. Oh, all of them. So fun, exciting. I, that's one of the things, though, that you like about this time of year. Meanwhile, something that I know from the betting side we don't like as much is some of the games that are more difficult to bet on. We had Ariel Epstein on a little bit ago talking about this Packers-Lions game, for example, as being a pretty tough one to figure out. So what for what do you, what kind of handle do you expect on the games like that? So Giants-Packers, I mean, um, packers uh, Detroit as an example, but like how, what type of handle do you expect on those types of games where you don't necessarily know who's going to play? You don't necessarily know the motivation. I think a lot less than we would find on, a, you know, games that would be in the middle of the pack. Uh, so, you know, people, Bears, Vikings, Packers, uh, Lions, I, I don't think that, now the Packers might hold up that game a little bit and they may draw a little action to keep it in play. But there's some other games on the slate that are more meaningful, that are better matchups, I think, that the betters want to bet. And one of those games, Stormy, will be the Chargers Raiders with the mm -hmm. 520 West Coast start. Uh, that that will be the heaviest sleep, heaviest bet game of the Sunday slate. Win and you're in. That'll be a fun one for sure in the AFC West. Uh, I got to ask you about this one just because it's fun. The Washington football team announced they're going to reveal their new nickname on February 2nd. Are you guys considering putting up any odds for what the name will be since they did give a list? 
I've been looking at that list. So I could tell you a couple that I think are the favorite. Commanders and admirals are probably the two favorites. Uh, a couple that won't make it will be the presidents. I mean, I can't say them using the presidents. The brigade is a num name that was used by Baltimore Arena team. Uh, the defenders, that was an XFL team. Uh, Armada, I don't think so. The Red Hogs is kind of interesting. That's one I like a little bit, but I think those guys are going to settle on something on uh, commanders or admirals. One thing about the Red Hogs is that they're going to reveal this on Groundhog Day. Ooh. So Maybe. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny. Appreciate the time. Always fun with you. See you later. That's Johnny Avello of DraftKings Sportsbook. I hope they give the Washington football team a sniff. You know, keep the name. I'm just disappointed that it's not the fighting footballs. Should have been. That's what it really should have been. We'll be back. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to My Guys of the Desert with Stormy Tony on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. You can subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts. Wrapping things up here on My Guys in the Desert, I'm Stormy Bonantoni. My favorite thing about Tuesday is it's Hot Take Tuesday. My producer, Stephanie Kamershack, has a few hot takes for me, and we will see just the degree of heat that's coming off these bad boys. Her first one, Browns should prepare to move on from Baker Mayfield. So if you gave me this take a year ago, Steph, you know, it would have been unthinkable. The hottest of the hot takes, but now I'm going to go with lukewarm, maybe even cold, even with the guaranteed money situation for him. It's clear to, to me and I think most people that Baker Mayfield is not the long-term answer for the Browns at quarterback, the poor performance, the injuries. Um, a lot probably goes back to the fact of whether or not he should have been a top overall pick in the NFL draft to begin with. You know, these it's not like, like he was, you know, I don't think that he was necessarily the talent that he's been made out to be. And that puts a lot on your shoulders. He's 25th in the league in QBR this season, but ahead of only four rookies, Jared Goff and Sam Darnold. And if there's one thing we know about the quarterbacks this year, this offseason, there's going to be a lot of talent on the market. So, cold, lukewarm. The Bengals are true Super Bowl contenders. I'm going to 
let's call this one icy hot because I think they're true Super Bowl contenders next year. Um, obviously, four wins a year ago, two wins in 2019. To have the turnaround they have with 10 wins already this season in a division title has been incredible. Their last two games against Baltimore and the Chiefs have just been off the charts. I'd certainly be scared to play them in the playoffs this year, don't get me wrong. I just don't think they have enough up front and maybe all-around tools to go the distance. The future is so bright, though. Joe Burrows played for championships in high school, college, and likely in his NFL future. Last one here. The Jags will upset the Colts this week. They're 15 and a half point underdogs. Steph just has a preseason ticket on the Colts win total under for the season. So she's desperate to see a Raiders and Chargers tie on purpose to make the postseason. No, Steph, I'm sorry. Scorching take, not going to happen. The one thing you do have on your side, though, is that the Colts haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014. So could you imagine? Two and 14 Jags who fired their coach who just got blasted by 40 points in New England. Take away Indy shots at the playoffs. Eesh. Scorching take scorching time to welcome in joy taylor co-host of the herd with colin cowherd on fs1 host of the joy taylor show on fox sports radio follow her at joy taylor talks how are you thank you so much for joining us i'm doing great happy new year thanks for having me thank you you too and congratulations by the way uh, a week or so ago having full hosting duties on the herd was really really awesome to see <laughs> Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, let's talk a little NFL. Um, let's start with Raiders Chargers because this is a win in your in situation in the AFC. Do you think that the Raiders can pull off the upsets? They've been doing pretty good these last couple weeks all of a sudden. Oh, yeah, totally. The Raiders <laughs> are a very strange team. I mean, what a season it's been for the Las Vegas Raiders. Lots of turmoil, uh, coaching fires, uh, losing players, injuries, tragedy. And here they are, the Las Vegas Raiders uh, in essentially a playoff game. So I absolutely feel like I don't even know that I would necessarily consider it to be a, a wild upset. Let's not forget, while Justin Herbert is obviously wildly talented, they do still have a first-year head coach and a lot of young pieces on this Chargers team. So I would absolutely feel good about the Raiders in this game. I wouldn't be surprised, obviously, if Justin Herbert comes up big and the Chargers end up winning. But this is a very even game to me. And the Chargers, the, the Raiders have had a really remarkable season despite all of the craziness surrounding the team this year. Well, they have won a couple games, too, that you just scratch your head like, okay, so you beat the Cowboys, you beat the Colts, but then you lose to XYZ team. Like, who are you? But the Chargers have been a weird team, too, to your point. Um, it'll be an interesting one. I was joking, though. There, my producer, Stephanie, really wants to see the Raiders and Chargers tie and the Jaguars get the upset so that both teams can get in. It's it's not impossible. It's not impossible. No, it's not. We've seen crazier things this year. No doubt. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts, though, on last night, Monday Night Football. Big Ben, obviously, what looks like him to be closing out his final time at Heinz Field. What was your perspective on, on the moment, and do you think it really is the end for Big Ben? Yeah, I think it's the end for Big Ben. I and mean, I think Ben's reaction to the moment last night showed that he – really is done and it's time. I mean, Ben is, when I think of big Ben, I think of the, him as the last great old school quarterback. I don't think we're going to see many more big Ben's in the league moving forward. We have a lot uh, of different rules that bend towards the, the offensive side of the ball. We're seeing a lot of different types of quarterbacks, more mobile quarterbacks, You'd have gotten, we've gotten away from the traditional big statue that stands in the pocket and throws off defenders. And that, that's kind of what Ben is. And, and Ben 
you know, he's not the big yoga guy in the off season. He's not going to be drinking the green juices. And, and that's fine. I don't really judge Ben for that because that really wasn't his era. And it feels like he is the last of that kind of quarterback. And you felt it last night. Like Pittsburgh, I'm from Pittsburgh. So, you know, it's a blue collar place. We go to work, do what we need to do. And the one thing about Ben that I think is lost in, the, in a lot of the conversation about his legacy is that he has never quarterbacked a losing season for the Pittsburgh mm -hmm. Steelers. So even though they have had some disappointing seasons as far as what they've achieved with the talent that they had, Mike Tomlin has never coached a losing season, and Big Ben has never quarterbacked a losing season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So they are wildly consistent, always competitive, always in the conversation. He has a Hall of Fame career, two Super Bowl wins, three appearances, and lots of numbers and records along the way. I thought it was a nice moment for the Steelers organization and for the city of Pittsburgh last night. Yeah, the victory lap uh, to touch the hands of so many fans around the field was really, really cool and special to see. And he does have one more game to go. What are your thoughts of, you know, the bitter rivalry between the Pittsburgh Steelers and Baltimore Ravens going head to head one last time? I know the teams don't look quite the same, um, but what's your perspective? Obviously, there was a lot of feeling toward Ben getting the win in this game, his last one at Heinz Field. Do you think that there will be similar emotions in his final game? I think it will be. It won't be the same as being at Heinz Field, obviously, being at home and having your home crowd. I mean, it's been a great rivalry with the Baltimore Ravens, and it'll continue past Ben Roethlisberger. But, you know, the Ravens are really banged up. We don't know what the deal is with Lamar Jackson. He, that ankle is troubling. Tyler Huntley's done a nice job, but he's still a backup. So I don't know that I would just give this game to the Ravens just because they're at home and, you know, they, they may have more uh, talents on the team overall at this point like this is a this is a in-division rivalry as we know these teams know each other very well and it has been Roethlisberger's last game in the NFL at least that's what it's all pointing to so this should be a good watch it's not going to be quite the emotions that we had at Heinz Field <laughs> but you know still a still a great way for him to wrap up his career and the Steelers season while we're on the AFC who would you consider to be the team to beat when it comes to the postseason, because so far it feels like all of them have been kind of beatable that are at the top of the pack in that conference. Well, this has been an interesting year for the NFL. There's a lot of parity. Even the teams that are at the top of the league, everyone has a question. Everyone has a hole. Even the Packers, who have locked up the NFC, really struggling with their run defense. It, it would be concerning to me if someone could go up there and get, you know, eight and a half yards per carry like the Browns were doing against them still in that game with, Baker Mayfield throwing four interceptions so that every team has a hole this year. But that being said, I still feel like the Chiefs are the team to beat. They've got Patrick Mahomes, league MVP, Super Bowl MVP, Andy Reid, all those weapons. I know they had an up and down season, but they're looking good right now. And uh, the Titans, I still, you know, they still have some kind of inconsistent wins. What are they going to be able to do without Derrick Henry? If they can't run the ball, are they going to be able to keep up in a shootout? The Chiefs, I know what they are. I know what they're capable of, and I know what their defense is. I know they just lost to the Bengals, but the Bengals just won their division. They're a good team. Um, the Chiefs, to me, are just the slight edge to me because, like we've said, everybody has holes this year. Over in the NFC, two teams fighting for one spot left in the wild card. We've got the Saints and the San Francisco 49ers. Which team would you trust most to get that final spot? I would trust the 49ers in the spot. I mean what's going on at the quarterback position for the Saints? Uh, yeah. We really, like, never know. So, I, I while I think the Saints are, are not in a terrible position moving forward into next season, they have a good defense, and still Sean Payton, I don't think this is the year 
The 49ers went all in with Jimmy Garoppolo this year. We don't know if it's going to be Jimmy or Trey Lance getting the start, but Trey Lance did a nice job next week, last week, and Jimmy Garoppolo has done what Jimmy Garoppolo always does, which is get injured, but also manage to win win games throughout the season. So I, I feel strong, more strongly about the 49ers this weekend. I think the Saints will recoup next year and figure out what to do with the quarterback position as a 49ers fan that has had Jimmy Garoppolo's back for as long as I have it's so frustrating that he is made of glass and that he is consistently hurt um thank you so much for the time I really appreciate it Joy you're awesome thank you for having me that's Joy Taylor co-host of the herd with Colin Cowherd on FS1 host of Joy Taylor the Joy Taylor show on Fox Sports Radio as well follow her at Joy Taylor talks great to have her join us the NFL is wild. Cannot believe that the final week of the regular season, week 18, coming up this Saturday and Sunday, going to be a fun one. Thank you to our producer, Stephanie Kamershack, for all the hard work she puts into this bad boy. That's going to do it for my guys in the desert. Rush Hour, Danny Burke, coming up. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.